Today's episode of Protect the Rock is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Clemson tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy it in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. We're going to enjoy this tonight, but on Friday, we're going to have another team meeting and we're going to get locked in on next year. Hey everyone, welcome back to Protect the Rock, the Clemson podcast from The Athletic. As always, I'm Nicole Auerbach, she's Grace Rayner, and this is our free pod. We have a pod on Thursdays, which is for athletic subscribers only, bonus episode, But this is the one open to everyone, so if you like it, please share, subscribe, rate, listen, whatever you're doing. Please continue to do it. We appreciate it. And Grace, want to bring you in after the Florida State win, which I guess I had talked myself into thinking that was going to be a closer game than it was, and it it, it was not, and we could have used an FSU professor reading a book in the stand somewhere. (laughs) It was funny. I was sitting next to to Sean, our Florida State writer, and his Twitter was blowing up with pictures of that professor being like, where is he? Go find him. (laughs) Well, I I was probably doing that myself. I was also making new memes (laughs) with different score updates of that shot, too. Um, But Oh, my gosh. Yeah, your meme game was strong this week. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, so the game was pretty, pretty much in hand pretty quickly. Um, And what I thought came across on TV, and and I'm curious your thoughts too about this, was it seemed like Clemson was pretty pissed off. Like it was pissed about this narrative that they're not playing well, pissed about the Trevor Lawrence, the text message, the MRI, all of these things. And they came out and they looked angry. And I don't know, is, is that the sense, like did it feel that way in Death Valley? Yes, 100%. And I had a feeling a little bit that I mean, look, I've only been on the beat for this is my third full season, so I have not covered them for crazy long, but I don't think I've ever seen Clemson as a whole, Davo Sweeney, as testy and as um, just, yeah, testy is the word, as as they were this past week. I mean, it was, you could tell immediately they were mad and have been mad for a while. So, I mean, it, to me, that was the best we've seen this offense look and Trevor Lawrence in particular like that that to me was like that was the focus and the energy and whatever else chip on the shoulder whatever else was happening there mentally like they looked awesome right out of the gate like and 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 I'm curious too like Trevor ran the ball a lot he did not look hurt um he looked good I mean it just sort of seemed like it was everything was like this is for all of those people who are saying all of those things about us yeah, that's what it felt like. And, I, you know, it was interesting because after the game, Jeff Scott, Clemson's co-offensive coordinator, was talking to us. And he had said, you know, we talked to these guys about what happened in the past because this has kind of become a little bit of a recipe for Clemson now. You you go out and you dominate. Then midway through anywhere between weeks five and seven, you have a scare and or in some cases you lose. And then 
historically, since they've been in this playoff era, it's been put the foot on the gas and go. So they talked a lot about how, okay, this can go one of two ways. Look how it went after Pittsburgh in 2016, Syracuse in 2017, Syracuse again in 2018. What's it going to be after North Carolina in 2019? And by all accounts, it feels like they, uh, it feels like history is about to maybe repeat itself. So you wrote about um, a team meeting that happened after the North Carolina game. Um, what, what exactly happened in that meeting, and how did that impact what we just saw on the field against Florida State? Yeah, so I was talking to Tanner Muse, Clemson senior safety, and we were talking a little bit about Dabo's media rant uh, over the course of last week, which obviously went viral, but... Um, as I was talking with him, I learned that there was a pretty personal uh, heart-to-heart uh, meeting on the Monday after the North Carolina game. So essentially Tanner was saying they get back to practice on that Monday and afterwards Dabo's got a list of things that went wrong and he's calling people out and he's making it personal. Like he is, it is not just a, the offense did this, the defense did this, it's like you did this, you messed up this way. And Tanner was saying that, you know, they, they felt like they really needed that, that he got up there and, and didn't hold anything back and just kind of lit into them each individually. So clear, clearly, like, whatever this strategy is for after the scare, which you just outlined, they've had this each of the last couple of years, it, it certainly worked. Um, you know, one thing, and I mentioned this before, that Trevor Lawrence ran the ball he had, um, I'm looking up his numbers here, six carries, 40 yards, and a touchdown. It looked He looked good doing that. It seemed like that was probably a pointed effort to show he is not injured, he's not banged up, he is going to be out there and he'll take contact. Um, his numbers overall, 17 of 25, 170 yards, three, t- three touchdowns, one interception. I thought this is the best – would you say that this is the best we've seen him play? I know he didn't have to play the whole game. I know his numbers on paper might have been better in the Syracuse game and X, Y, and Z. But I thought he finally looked like the Trevor Lawrence we thought we were going to see all year. Yes, I 100% agree. This is the guy that we thought we were going to see based on the fair expectations that we had after 2018. And – I know Clemson would say, you know, he had a career day at Syracuse, and he did, but a ton of his numbers were his receivers with yards after the catch. This was, I thought, his coming out performance of of 2019 of, hey, um, not that he was ever gone, but it kind of felt like I'm back a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And um, it's funny looking at this box score because you've got that Travis Etienne pass. (laughs) One for one, 100% completion Percentage. That was amazing too. The way that like the way that Clemson described that, I thought this was interesting too in terms of okay, they were pissed off and ready to just pound it someone brains in. Dabo went into the meeting on Tuesday of this past week and said, "Play number 1, we're throwing a deep ball. Play number 2, we're doing this. Travis, get ready. If you have to throw to your left, you better figure it out. I don't care if it's incomplete. I don't care what the situation is. We're going to go out here and make a statement that we're going to be aggressive." So he also um, called for that Isaiah Simmons 
what I what do they have a specific name for that package where it's just like here we're gonna bring one of our big D linemen in to run for a touchdown? Like I don't know if they ever did they name it last year? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With Xavier Thomas and uh, Niles Pinkney on Saturday. Yeah, it's their jumbo. Oh, package. I thought it I thought it okay. Yeah, it's their fridge package that um it's the same thing that Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence did in seasons past and it made me kind of miss them yesterday because they executed it almost every single time, if not every single time. So seeing it not work was weird. But yeah, that's their fridge package after um, William, the refrigerator Perry. Oh, there we go. Well, I, I I just think it's interesting that they're still doing things like that. And they're still, like you mentioned, the Travis Etienne play right out of the gate. Um, some of these are working, some aren't, but they're keeping things interesting. Like, and it, it's, it's, you know, we got a kick out of it a lot last year with you know, Dexter Lawrence and those guys doing it. But it's got to be kind of cool to get that, like to, to have your coach say, like, we're going to do this for you in in a way, in, in a call, major college football game, <laughs> in a conference game. And this is something that you're never, like, th- this is, you know, you talk about different personalities at different positions and wide receivers have a certain personality and they're kind of flashier and they're a little bit, you know, about there's a little bit of an ego there. And it's like, nope, we're going to take one of the positions where you, you know, are really, you know, part of a unit, part of a team, and we're going to let you have your moment in the sun. And I, I love that, even though it didn't work. I love that. Yeah, I love the creativity of it. And I think, too, that that was one of the it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination a big question, like who's going to be in the jumbo pack? But it was things that fans were wondering. <laughs> was that was was that not our our major off season pressing question? <laughs> I know I should have I should have done like a three thousand word deep dive into it. But fans did want to know like is the jumbo package dead now? Do, like, Christian and Dexter are gone. Like what's what's the deal here? And so obviously Clemson's been working on it for longer than just this week. But their mentality was kind of like, look, Xavier Thomas is two hundred and sixty pounds. He is freaky fast and has an insane first step. So. Let's go see what happens. Love it. Um, but I actually, so there were actually a couple injuries in this game. What is the latest with T. Higgins in particular? Um, I know Travis Etienne, also a little bit of a question mark. Yeah, T. has just a hamstring. He, Dabo said that he walked over to him, um, I guess, in the first half because they, they sidelined him for the second half. He came out in street clothes in the second half and just said that he was a little bit tight. At that point, the score was pretty much already out of hand, and so – they just wanted to give him a little bit of time. Travis, I think, is is fine. I didn't hear anything on Travis. Um, I know Clemson was probably excited to sort of get their backups in and, and get these starters well-rested, but I'm sure T, as the week progresses, we'll, we'll have some more details on. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, again, injuries are, are really um, kind of the only thing that could slow them down, you know, especially as we've seen them, you know, kind of accelerating, get all the cylinders uh, firing and I guess also maybe the kicking game is potentially a question. Um, why is Dabo so angry at his kicker? <laughs> Man, you know that. I mean that. I'm sure you saw it on TV. It's that thing has gone a little bit viral on the internet, and a lot of people have given him some heat for hey, you know this is why are you going to destroy your kicker's confidence like this? But essentially, this is the second. Very, very manageable field goal that BT Potter has missed. He missed a 33-yarder up at Syracuse. He missed a 24-yarder against Florida State. It was made much worse given that, and I don't know if Dabo knows this, but the crowd was laughing at the fact that a Clemson student made a 25-yarder and won $1,000. So 
<laughs> that, that's kind of that that is kind of funny <laughs> the timing of it i feel bad for the kid in that regard like the timing of it that is sad but yeah i mean he basically was like look he is the most talented kicker on this team uh but he's second string right now he's gonna have to go win his place kicking job back he's still gonna be the the go-to guy on kickoffs just because his leg is crazy strong um and i asked you know as as dabo was sort of going in on him again in the press conference i was like look is this mental like what what's going on and he was he was basically like i don't know you know but we need to figure this out because essentially the performance that that bt i guess has has given dabo the last couple weeks has been unacceptable in his mind it's it's so strange i mean college kickers miss random kicks all the time um and it's it's kind of interesting that there's that much anger and concern at that position for Clemson just because historically over this last stretch here with Saban at Alabama, Alabama's had those struggles at kicking. And it's like the one position that everyone's always like, how's Alabama not have a great kicker? Um, but it's hard in college football. I mean, we saw, we saw games go to overtime. We saw um, some really pivotal missed kicks, made kicks, all sorts of things. I mean, that's why college kickers is a hashtag because you really never know what you're going to get. Like we had one of the weirdest angles and it was super short. Like you're, you're talking about like a 25 yard kick. Um, there was in the Baylor Texas tech game right at the end of regulation, they were on the far hash and the right hash. And it was really short. They had like, you know, first fourth and goal. And it was like a, very short kick and at a very odd angle and actually matt rule the baylor coach actually tried to get a delay of game and push back five yards just because the angle was so weird and then and then uh matt wells declined the penalty and then they had a little like giggle there was it was a cute moment but like (laughs) you really never know and a lot of weird things happen it's just so it's so weird watching the nfl on sundays after watching college football and being like oh they're all going to make their kicks most of the time Um, but it is kind of interesting that that's, you know, an area of concern for Dabo and, and for this team. And, you know, we say this every week, but this is all nitpicking when you're talking about yeah, teams undefeated and the defending national champs. Um, but certainly interesting. And, um, you know, l- let's talk about the, the playoff picture more broadly, because one missed kick actually gave South Carolina its win over Georgia in double overtime um rodrigo blankenship who basically never misses missed a missed a short kick in that one and actually i don't think it was that short maybe 42 or something but um that that really changes the complexion of the playoff picture as is florida's loss to lsu and obviously clemson is still in position where you win out you're in and we're, we're still not quite sure if they drop a game if they're still in but probably i think that's probably true yeah, I think so too. You know, it was interesting. I was talking to just a couple of Clemson fans before Clemson kicked off, and I was asking them, "Okay, are you rooting for South Carolina in this instance if they if they can knock off Georgia?" And basically, the answer was, "I will never admit it, but secretly, yes, because this is huge if you're Clemson. I mean, Clemson's schedule is gonna." rightfully so get picked apart between now Mm -hmm. and the end of the regular season and you've got the Bulldogs that are now massively in a hole one of the playoff games is in Atlanta Uh, so the the idea of Georgia in the playoff maybe in Atlanta was a, a scary thought for the other teams but this is if you're Clemson you are pumped if South Carolina won I, I don't I don't care what Clemson fans say they are excited that Georgia has gone down 
No, I, th I think that makes all the sense in the world to, um, you know, and, and especially with a common opponent, you're going to have right. South Carolina at the end of the season. Um, and, and, Strength and, of schedule, that helps them too, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was really an interesting game, and I feel like even, um, you know, just since Saturday night, I've been talking about it a lot. I went on Andy Sable's podcast on, on The Athletic and have done some radio hits, and I just keep coming back to the end game management by Kirby Smart. Like, that was, you, you know, we talk about college kickers and we joke about things, but these are the coaches are being paid millions and millions of dollars and making some really head scratching things. Him and Will Muschamp both tried to essentially one up each other in the end of regulation there when <laughs> making decisions. Like Muschamp decides to go for a fifty-seven yard field goal um, with someone oh, who's never that. who's On never and three right yeah and never kicked longer than fifty. And then you're going to give Georgia a great field position because of course you're going to miss it, which they did. And then Georgia's got a great kicker. So then they do that. Georgia gets in position. And instead of just kicking it, because it was, it was a 55-yarder, but Rodrigo Blankenship has hit that in the past in the Rose Bowl, they decide we're going to run another play. They get penalized, and they move back, and then they don't kick it. And so it was just like one of them shouldn't have kicked, the other one should have, and it was the wrong decisions on both of them. And so it was bizarre. And then there was also a, you know, Kirby bailed out the South Carolina offense that was scrambling in double overtime without a, without a timeout um, to decide if they were going to go for a fourth down. He calls a timeout for some reason, and they, they're able to set a play and they convert. So there was a whole lot going on at the end of that game. Um, but one other thing that just kind of stuck out, and I know Jake Fromm didn't have the best day, but I don't know that Georgia's necessarily in that upper, upper echelon this year. Like, we're giving them a lot of credit for what they've done the last two years, and they deserve that. But I think, in my mind, even after seeing Florida lose to LSU, I still think Florida's a better team. So it's sort of interesting how it's the prism of how we're looking at actual playoff contenders is shifting. And I, and I know maybe does, everyone doesn't agree with me, but I don't know if Georgia's in that group anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, this was not uh... – South Carolina was down to their third string quarterback. I mean, this is this is a game that Georgia was supposed to win by three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine this this to me would be equivalent of Clemson going into North Carolina, losing, and it being against North Carolina's third stringer. I mean, that's yeah. just mm -hmm. kind of unheard of. Yeah, and I mean, and that that's it's all part of it. And um, so I think you know, I think that the the playoff picture is coming into a little bit more of a focus. I think we learned a lot about Oklahoma. They have a defense. Alex Grinch is, you know, one of the most important off-season hires or additions, however you want to phrase it, sure. that anyone's had this year. Um, because, you know, Oklahoma's had an offense that can win a national championship, and now it looks like they might have a defense that can do it. Um, so they look terrific. LSU, basically the opposite. We, you know, they, they now have an offense that can win them a national championship. And Joe Burrow, I think, you know, is – if not one of, you know, he might be the front runner for the Heisman Trophy right now. Um, you know, he's so. just having a sensational year. So I, it's it's interesting how it's all shaking out. I think, you know, you obviously got Clemson from the ACC, and we have this conversation every week. Who's the second best team? No idea. Absolutely no idea when you have Virginia and Wake lose. Maybe, no yeah. Idea. Yeah, I don't know. It, like, Louisville's hot. Like, we'll talk about that more in our Thursday pod. Like, Louisville's playing really great. Um, North Carolina like controls its own destiny. It's it, the ACC is bizarre, but it is. It is. So you've got Clemson as a contender. Then in the SEC, I think it's Alabama, LSU, maybe Florida. 
Um, and I think the, the loser of Alabama LSU is still going to stay in that hunt. You've got Oklahoma alone in the Big 12. I think Oregon has an outside shot in the Pac-12. And then in the Big 10, I mean, Penn State technically is still alive, but I think it's between Wisconsin and Ohio State. So I think we actually yeah. are starting to get some real clarity on, on the true contenders. Yeah, I mean, that's the beautiful part about college football is that it starts to work itself out, especially when we get into these division matchups. But um, I would think that – I don't know. I, I think that Alabama LSU is obviously going to give us a ton of clarity, but I, I still think the winner has a really legitimate argument if that's their only loss. Yeah, I mean, no, sorry, the loser, the loser. Yes, yeah, no, that, and, and that's, the, that's the way we've seen teams get into the playoff before, the ones that didn't win uh, their conference. And, and so yeah, I think, we saw Bama do it and win the whole thing. Exactly. So I, I think that's very much the case. If, if, Alabama, if Alabama wins and wins the SEC, and then that's LSU's only loss, like, I think that, that's a scenario where you potentially got two teams in. So, you know, I think that's going to be pretty fascinating uh, to see how that plays out. And, and as, you know, the ACC, like the rest of the ACC, that's going to be, I don't know, fascinating is the right word, but weird. Weird yeah, is it's probably be the right word. Sure. The Coastal is back in chaos. Um, Miami is alive. <laughs> Louisville's way ahead of schedule in Scott Satterfield's first year. It's just, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, we'll get into the Louisville game more in depth um, on that Thursday pod, which is for athletic subscribers only. Um, so if you're not one, you can be, and you can listen to us there. Um, but before we wrap things up, today is Monday, and on Mondays we give out roses because it's a Bachelor Monday, even though it's the off season. Grace in the off season. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's the off season for the Bachelor. Seriously I, though, side note: Can you imagine being one of these girls filming for the Bachelor? And having to miss the entire football season. Like, they have no clue what's going on right now. That's a good point. A lot of them tend to go to football schools. Right, yeah. There's a lot of LSU, Bama. I mean, just imagine having no idea. The worst part would be if your team, like, goes and wins a national championship or something. Right. You'd, like, come out of filming and you're like, (laughs) what the heck? I thought you were going to say that because we saw last week, like, people wrote a story about how Peter, the pilot Peter, um, like, smashed his face open while golfing oh, yeah. during Yikes. filming and that would also kind of suck if you're one of the girls and like the main suitor now has a zillion stitches all over his face and doesn't look as cute just saying yeah they must really like his personality too <laughs> i mean that might have been a little harsh but <laughs> um but anyway grace who would you like to give your rose to i am giving my rose to trevor lawrence for many reasons number one i think in The middle of all of this, um, is he hurt? Is he not? Is he off? Why isn't he living up to our expectations? The main constant has been that Trevor has been incredibly mature, poised, and has not lashed out at the media in any way. He's just kind of done his thing. And and Saturday we saw him sort of get back to, to regular Trevor Lawrence form. So for the way that he played, but also just the way that he's handled all of this scrutiny in a way that a lot of 19 year olds would not. Um, I think I'm giving my rose to him. Okay, well, I'm giving my rose. We're going out of the Clemson-Florida State game because this is big. This is huge. This This is is actually really big. This is way – this is marrying my two favorite interests, which is college football and The Bachelor. Tyler. (laughs) You're about to say you're going to marry Tyler. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, I would love to if he's available. But Tyler (laughs) – Tyler Cameron, runner-up from last season, the heartthrob that we all didn't know we needed. 
And I are now close personal friends via Twitter. Via Twitter. Hey, ask him to come on our podcast. I mean, this this, this is the first step. So let let me walk you through what happened. I picked my spot perfectly because he's actually quite funny on Twitter, right? And we know that he was a former Wake Forest quarterback, and then he was a at FAU, he was a tight end, and he wore crop tops a lot. And, and on the season, like, we saw him sometimes without a shirt on, and it is rather beautiful. Um, <laughs> That's and, such a family-friendly way of saying that. <laughs> well, we were, I, Andy asked me about this on the Andy Sables <laughs> pod, and he was just saying how, like, if he had abs like that, he would also never wear a shirt. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but so he, there was this little clip going around from the pregame of the Wake Forest Louisville game, and I've never seen this before, but a player was wearing, like, the hooded part of the sweatshirt over his head, and then, like, <laughs> the sweatshirt just stopped at his neck. Like, it was only covering his head. And, oh. But it was definitely a hoodie, you know? Like, it was, it was just cut off, the actual part that would well, go like over any part of your body. longer swim cap? Yes, and, like, potentially with fleece in it. I guess. Like, I don't, I don't know what the point of any of this would be, but (laughs) I retweeted that. And I said, this seems like something at Tyler and his Twitter handle would wear instantly. Instantly. I I didn't know this part. Oh yeah. Oh, because it was really funny because Chris Vanini of uh, the, the green and white noise pod fame he immediately texts me and he's like, oh my gosh, you're thirsting after Tyler. I see it. I see it right, right there. <laughs> and then not three minutes pass and Tyler responds, Wake Forest is ahead of fashion trends. Wow. So instant, I did not like, realize he it was, was three minutes. Oh yeah. He like, he got a notification and responded immediately. Like we're close personal friends now, Grace. So my you rose, are. my rose goes to someone who has received many roses in the past. But none better than this. None better than the one from Protect the Rock. Mine goes to Tyler Cameron for responding and becoming my per- close personal friend now. This is incredible. I would like to have him on the pod. Tyler, if you're listening, call us, uh, email us, come visit us. While we're recording, Grace just goes and likes Tyler's tweet to me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> also, can we talk about, though, the, the response? The- <laughs> I was like, I just got a notification on Twitter. It's crazy. <laughs> you also tweeted two minutes ago, and I'm like, and you like tweeted something legit about Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, man, you are a good multitasker. But the guy <laughs> below him is my fave because he has like a, he basically just has a pumpkin emoji in his name. Like, this is awesome. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, that's actually, John Lund is my uh, producer for Sirius XM, who also watched The Bachelor because they were in our family. Oh, yes. Okay. So you know him. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm going to retweet this now, too. Why not? He, he was texting me asking if we could get him on the ACC <laughs> channel on SiriusXM. <laughs> Amazing. Seriously, so, though, he has an ACC connection. It's not I like know. it would be that he unreasonable. Can, yeah, our podcast, um, we don't even have to talk about Clemson, Tyler, if you want to come on our podcast. Clemson plays Wake Forest. Let's well, do but it. We don't even have to do it related to that. We can talk about whatever he wants. He wants to talk about FAU football. His brother's on the team. We'll do it. Tyler, Great. if you're listening, we're here for you. Um, on that note, let's wrap it up. We will give our honorary <laughs> rose to Hunter Renfro, who actually was honored at the Clemson game this weekend. He was at Clemson. It was perfect. So he actually really earned that <laughs> <laughs> this week. Very proud of him. Um, congrats for your honorary rose once again. We will be back on Thursday for subscribers only. Uh, Protect the Rock will be in the Athletic app. But if you like us, please share us. Uh, respond, rate, uh, Leave us comments, leave us voicemails, whatever you want to do. 
Uh, for Grace Rayner, I'm Nicole Auerbach, and we will talk to you again soon.